I got a story that I can half tell. Oh my god, yeah. All right. Yeah. Sounds like she has your balls in a jar. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Are you putting a dildo on top of your tree? Video game costs like $200. <laughs> Once again, look at the games that came out at the same time. You have Fallout 4, Snatch the Fly or something. Like, <laughs> That's heroic. He's eating soup. <laughs> 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 The Post can report. You can find us at talkingaboutgames.com. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amalu, the writer, director of The Asian. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer, director of the film Hallville Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi everybody, this is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. From the From Page to Screen Movie Have you um, seen The Hateful Eight yet? No, have you? Mm, yes. How, how was it? <sighs> I don't know, Jake would be horrified because he's a Tarantino fanboy, yeah. isn't he, his old Jake? Right. I've... Uh, I really like early Tarantino. Yeah. You know, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Jackie Brown. Right. The scripts for True Romance and Natural Born Killers. But ever since Kill Bill, yeah. Volume One, <laughs> it just, I, oh, I just, I'm not a fan. Yeah. And it's like, I saw The Hateful Eight, and it's beautiful to look at. Really nice, you know, cinematography is amazing. Mm-hmm. Really well shot. Ennio Morricone's back doing music for a Western after 40 years. Yeah. I think the last one he probably did was one of the spaghetti Westerns or whatever. Right. Um, so the music's good. Samuel L. Jackson's really good in it, but he's kind of playing Samuel L. Jackson again. <laughs> Jennifer Jason Lee's amazing in it. Right. She's really, really good in it. Um, Walton Goggins from The Shield. It's always great to watch him in anything. Yeah. But it's three hours. Right. <laughs> it's three hours. Did you see, just, did you see uh, the big IMAX version or did you see No, the, I saw the regular one. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I'm not for you, huh? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I didn't sort of watch the regular version and go, oh, damn, this would have looked far more beautiful in 70 millimeter. Because I'm hearing a lot of stories about projectors and stuff breaking down, no. and reels burning out, and all right. that sort of stuff on these 70 millimeter thing. Wow, because it's housed on 20 reels of film. Wow, which is kind of mental. Yeah, you know, but in a way, that's kind of. Now, I don't. I, you know, I'm sorry for everyone's uh, experience that's been ruined because the real the film caught on fire. But you know, that's the one thing that my kids have never experienced and probably never will go into the movies and having the uh, film snag and the, that one that section of film land on the uh, the lamp and melt. Because I mean <laughs> yeah. that happened uh, probably three or four times to me during my movie going history, and um, and that's just something they'll never get to experience. So Return of the Jedi for me back in '83. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. So two thirds of the way through, the projector broke down. I'm like, no. <laughs> so then it's about five or ten minutes while the usherette's like, don't worry, we'll try and get it back on soon. And right. people are kicking off and blah blah blah, and then the film came back on and we saw Ewoks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's fine. Um, but yeah, it's all digital faffing around now but I'm not there is a lot of love for The Hateful Eight out there and I, I don't know it seems to be one of these films that's dividing everybody but I just <laughs> found it really really boring and the issue I have with Tarantino nowadays is every character speaks dialogue like it was written by Quentin Tarantino <laughs> right, right they all use the same phrases they use the same pauses right. uh, <laughs> it needs to start writing pantomimes and stage shows right. Tarantino because that would work but. <laughs> 
Well, you know, that's one of the things, you know, back when I used to write a lot more scripts and I'm starting to get back into it and um, just anyway. But I mean, like back like in the 80s and 90s when I was doing just prolific writing, um, I always tried to make sure that every character had their own voice. And that's been my pet peeve with some of the sci fi shows and um, where it's um, sorry, I'm going to mute my um, mute my computer before it dings again. But it's I. Some of these people, like you say, these characters, they all speak the same. They're all like, you know, either chain-smoking, profane uh, owl-haters or whatever. You know what I mean? But it's just – it's um, I, I like those characters that are so different. I think that's one of the things Firefly comes to mind uh, immediately. Um, and same thing with, uh, I guess, some of the other Joss Whedon stuff like uh, the Avengers and stuff. Everybody had a unique voice. And I just I dig that kind of character development versus you know everybody having the same thing. So no, I haven't seen the Hateful Eight, but it's interesting how that movie seems to have a very divided um, you know either people love it or hate it. And as much as I enjoyed Star Wars, and it, it is what it is, you know what I mean? Is it the best movie of all time? Probably not, but it's still no. damn good, and I really enjoyed it. And in fact, it's one of the few movies over the last decade that I've actually gone to see a second time in the movie theater. But it's amazing how much hate is uh, you know, being hurled at that. And then I was reading online that there's one fan petition for George Lucas to come back and um, direct and write, <laughs> write an, uh, episode eight. So, Wow, well, they don't seem to talk of the clone. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but that's people. Isn't that nuts? It's kind of like, oh, George Lucas ruined my childhood. And then, you know, years later, we need to get George Lucas back. What? What is wrong with these people? Did they forget? Did they – whatever, man. You know, and two, people change. Their writing changes. The world changes. There's so many different elements that of influence. And, um, you know, I mean, hell, back when uh, Lucas did the um, – you know, uh, episode four. Um, it was a different world. It, he was in a different place. I think he was happily married now. It's like, you know, he almost lost his uh, his entire uh, Lucasfilm ass collectively due to the divorce and all that stuff that happened, was it, 15 years ago? Divorce changes people. Um, you know, there's a lot of changes. So, I mean, you know, and these influence people's writing and filmmaking. So even if we did get George Lucas back for episode eight, would it be episode four? Hell no. You know what I mean? Like, it would still be different. And then people would be hating on Lucas and hating Star Wars. And uh, it's, it's amazing how fickle people are. I mean, what sort of age are some of the children in your house? So the younger ones? Um, we go from um, nine all the way to um, 19 now. Everybody else has what, moved out. But yeah. What, what is the first name of the nine-year-old? Kate. Kate, I guarantee if you sit Kate down at nine years old and show her episode seven and then episode four, uh-huh. she will prefer episode seven. Maybe, although she's pretty that sure Luke is the cutest thing in episode four. And then <laughs> episode five, she's like, who is that guy dressed in black? I don't reckon uh, it's Luke. What? That's not Luke. That's not. We just saw him. You know, I'm like, no, it's, you know, he went through some changes. So, yeah, because you, you were saying that, like, script writers change and actors change. But I think it's more to do with the fact that we as an audience change. Yeah. And I think the biggest problem with those that didn't like Seven. Yeah. Where they were trying to replicate the feelings they had when they watched episode four, five and six at the age of whatever, right. you know, their younger age. Right. And you can't do it because right. we. 
you know, we look at films differently. We look, oh, there's a lens flare. Oh, look, BB-8, it's a real droid instead of a... When we're watching Star Wars, when it first came out, whatever, we didn't give a crap how, you know, whether it was CGI or not. Right. No, there wasn't any CGI. We were just like, yay, R2. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. We were fully engrossed in the storyline, not about how they made the film. Oh, definitely. Well, and it was such a new thing. I mean, I hadn't seen 2001 A Space Odyssey or um, any other, I guess, big, grandiose sci-fi movies uh, before Star Wars. So that was really like popping my collective sci-fi cherry, if you will. Maybe that's taking that too far on your show, but you know what I mean? I, I think with the fact we spent 10 minutes talking about swear words, and <laughs> I think we're okay. <laughs> that, no, I can already feel a disturbance in the force. Merlange is going to be listening to this and go, you know what? Front porch steps. That's something she says periodically. Oh, no. Melange watches lots of Danny Dyer films. Right. She's very, very used to swear words. <laughs> I promise you that. <laughs> but going back to uh, you know Star Wars and all, a lot of people's criticisms, if they knew J.J. Abrams, and not that I know him by any means personally, but on the other hand, I have read articles, and I've uh, enjoyed what he has produced thus far, right? JJ speaks very highly of you, am I? I was talking about you the other day over lunch. (laughs) I appreciate that. Uh, But it's like uh, the fact that he enjoys mystery. He enjoys not explaining everything, you know? And so, um, therefore, that's why Episode uh, 7 is what it is. You know, because there are mysteries. He doesn't explain everything. I think it's funny as hell that C-3PO says, oh, Han Solo, you know, uh, you probably didn't recognize me because of this red arm, and which is funny. But then, too, it's it's unexplained. I think that was another thing that was all over the Internet. It's like, oh, my God, C-3PO has a red arm. Why? Don't make uh, more of shit. You know, he lost it to a wampa. I don't know, you know. <laughs> I mean, what, what, flip back to episode four. What's the force? It's a force that binds us and holds the galaxy together. Right. Oh, okay, then. That's not explained. It's not making ink or glue. But we didn't care when we watched it because we're like, okay, it's a force. Right. So anyway, move on. Right. With stormtroopers. <laughs> yeah. Who's this Darth Vader person? Why is he wearing black when the stormtroopers are wearing white? What's a lot about? You know. <laughs> Jesus, people just, I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, I think one of the coolest things uh, that, well, I think there are a lot of cool things that J.J. put into uh, episodes. Oh, hell yeah. But one of the coolest things that I think a lot of people miss, when Finn is you know, having his sweaty crisis, but he's still in the suit, right? And one of his buddies just got hit and killed, right? So then he goes over, and to differentiate, not that he doesn't move differently from the rest of the hateful uh, you know, 88 stormtroopers, um, the the the, the, the Dude, the stormtrooper has blood on his hand and wipes it across Finn's face. That way, yep. everybody knows who that is, where he is in every scene. I think that was really cool. And so, yep. the, and I think can, can, I don't want to get into spoilers, but I think one of the things that people um, were upset about, and this happens early on in the movie, um, you know, it's like the the. The information is passed on to BB-8 to look after, and people are like, oh, it's just like R2-D2. But if I'm going to send you something, granted, we, we live on different continents, so I would probably just send you a digital file. But if you were to come over to my house, it may be easier for me to dump it on a flash drive and pass it off to you. If I had a droid that could take it across the pond to you, then that would be fine too. I think a lot of these things people have issue with, it's just what they did in the day. 
And I, I'd be like, John, John, that's bullshit. You did the same thing 30 years ago. <laughs> What's the matter with you? Pick something new. Be unique. I know, yeah, I know. Like, Come on. But I mean, I thought BB-8 was really cool. I mean, like, I hated the design when I saw the first trailer. I was like, man, this is the biggest joke, right? You have, you know, beach ball droid, right? Uh, and then, you know, and then you, you see the clip where JJ's like, yeah, I sat down, I drew the circle, and I drew this other thing and said, I would really like Pancake Head to live, or whatever he said, you know, and then someone developed it and so the fact that it was practically done I, I was like alright that's that's impressive but then you know you get to know where he is and really that's a far better design than C-3PO or R2-D2 if you're going across the desert why not be a ball that way you hustle you know what I mean how the hell did uh, R2-D2 make it across the sand he wouldn't have right? planks of wood actually oh, really? <laughs> that's how they did it that's how they shot those ones planks of wood oh yeah <laughs> Because he didn't have those thruster things anymore. I guess they decided to remove them, you know, after the original trilogy, right? Yeah, where's, where's the jetpack guys? <laughs> I mean, the other thing with BB-8, they could have got a really big tennis racket. You know, battered him right across the desert. That could have possibly... <laughs> that would work. What possibly work. <laughs> when he landed on the Millennium Falcon, um, and, you know, he landed, and there's this doink that sounds exactly like a volleyball. I used to play... This is back years and years ago. I used to play on a county team, right, uh, volleyball. And, yeah, man, I would spike the shit out of it. I would return most of it, you know, like if it came to me or whatever. But, man, if I could spike it, it I would decimate whoever was uh, in my way but uh, but it would hit the ground it would hit the court and it would sound just like BB-8 so I thought that was kind of a funny little uh, thing to add in there you know have you seen some of the comedy artwork going around now? The hateful BB-8, and they've put uh, like the Tarantino poster with little BB-8 droids on the bottom. Classic. <laughs> Love it. The hateful BB-8. That I want to watch. That I would watch for three hours. <laughs> I'll have to check that out. You know, going back to uh, Tarantino, then um, you cited Kill Bill 1 and then Kill Bill 2. And I was a big fan of Kill Bill 1, and then Kill Bill 2 came out, and I just – the music, the tone – Everything changed, and I didn't – you know, it, it was more or less like, you know, hey, we have this great whatever, and then here's this bastard son following up, you know, and it just – it felt so uneven, and Jake – well, Jake believes they're both masterpieces, which is awesome. That's great, but I just – you know – Everything from top to bottom, I, I'll watch Kill Bill 2, but a lot of times I'll just, if I'm in the mood, I'll watch Kill Bill 1 and I'm done. I'm off to, you know, uh, Blade Runner or, I don't know, or, or something else, man, you know, jeez. It's not The Wire. We'll get onto The Wire in a minute. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2 came out in separate years, mm -hmm. right? Everybody paid separate cinema price you know right. different tickets to get in they're on separate dvds are they one film you know i think there's so much difference between the two and jake can explain why uh it was done like this and i cannot remember this morning uh i'm, I'm drinking coffee it'll probably come to me eventually but Miramax are greedy that's why yeah i think so too but it was just so yeah. different it was kind of like well shit man you know we gave you millions to do your movie and so you know we're gonna give you 10 grand to finish this shit up and and kill bill too and um so anyway i i just i 
there were cool aspects of it, but it was nothing like the first one. It was just so cool. I liked the music. I liked the synced licensed music that was dumped in there. I loved the scoring. I mean, it just to me, that was a total package. And then Kill Bill 2 was just so different. I sat there just wondering what the hell happened. I felt like I jumped to a parallel universe, you know, <laughs> where it's like, because I should have watched the other one in the parallel universe, too, so... On the poster, I mean, Tarantino, he can't write for shit as in, like, handwriting. Because if you've ever seen notes by him, whoa, what are they like? <laughs> you're either drunk or you're four years old. And he's probably a better typer. Right. Um, but on the Hateful Eight advert, it's like the eighth film by Quentin Tarantino. Mm-hmm. What maths class did he go to? <laughs> he's got 17 director credits on his IMDb. Right. You, you strip out the TV projects, right. a feature-length CSI. Right. Okay, fair enough. This silly best friend's wedding or whatever the hell it was that he did way before Reservoir Dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> but if you can... I mean, Kill Bill Volume 1 and Kill Bill Volume 2. One came out in 2003. One came out in 2004. They're called Volume 1 and Volume 2, right. not Part 1 and Part 2. Right. That makes nine. <laughs> it's like, how is this eight films? <laughs> I don't know. Jesus. Uh, yeah. it, it's he's always just seemed to be one of these like yeah but I don't, I don't count that one right oh, yeah. you don't matter whether you want to count it or not yeah well you you've you made it when um the hateful eight script was leaked right and I I do yeah. that in the invisible quotes that no one listening can see um but it's you know and then he was like oh fuck this man I'm not even gonna do it oh, I'm pissed right well then he comes around and does it anyway I mean I don't know it's and. and I think the thing that Jake and I bring up a lot is just he is so egotistical where it's like, yeah, well, if I'd done Star Wars Episode Seven, not that I've heard him say this, but I could hear him in my head. You know what I mean? Yeah, I would have had, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, anyway, it just he did say that about a film. I can't remember what film yeah. it was, but he he was having a pop at some movie going, if I'd have done it, well, if you'd have done it, it'd been three hours long and every character would have sounded the same. <laughs> and, you know, damn good and well, Sam Jackson would have been in it. So, yeah, and there'd have been excessive use of the n-word which there is in uh, hateful eight it's like okay i was talking to somebody this morning about yeah. that and i said look the thing that annoyed me the most about hateful eight and i'm not a sensitive person i'm not like, i was offended right. by the n-word it's just like seriously come on you don't need to use it Everybody, right and then this this friend of mine bobby said yeah but they would have used that uh, language back then i'm like okay yeah then why the fuck right. is there a modern song being played in the movie <laughs> It's like, it's his Quentin Tarantino. This isn't somebody who's trying to do an authentic David Lean piece that was set in the 1800s or whatever. Right. This is Tarantino who just plays liberties. And right. So it's like, why? There's so many racial slurs in Hateful Eight. It was, yeah. it was annoying the crap out of me. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, come on, give it a break. <laughs> to me, it just gets old. And I yeah. can't help but, you know, I mean, even though I think uh, it was... Sam Jackson or somebody else who said, you know, Tarantino was raised in the ghetto and he understands the right way to use the N-word. And I'm like, <laughs> the dude's still white. You know what I mean? I, I just I, I just feel like that is uh, a, more than a bit insensitive, you know? And I'm pretty sure if I went into the local Walmart and started <laughs> using the word as men, I would get ejected from a supermarket. Yeah. Even if I went, I, I grew up around black people. I know, <laughs> I know, I know the correct time to use it. Tarantino does not use it in the correct way in April no. he's just using it constantly he uses it like I use commas right. <laughs> that's an awesome tweet right there man <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs>
Oh, and it annoys me because I used to be a Tarantino fan, but I think Jackie Brown or Death Proof, I think Death Proof was the last yeah. Tarantino project that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And then ever since then, they're all just overblown, egotistical. <laughs> I'm going, to, we've got three cinema chains in the UK that aren't allowed to show The Hateful Eight or won't show The Hateful Eight because they haven't got the correct projectors or some crap like that. Wow, man. It's like, come on. <laughs> So he's turning into George Lucas because you remember when episode one was coming out and George is like, oh, no, you know, you, you've got to meet my standards. You have to have the latest Dolby THX 1138 speaker system and light bulb and all this other stuff. And I get it. You know, I mean, when you put so much blood, sweat and tears into something, you don't want it to look like ass. You want it to look like your original vision. That way people aren't tearing you a new one because it looks or sounds bad. Uh, and yeah. then they can just say, well, fuck, man, this is nothing but special effects in those stories. You know, but anyway, um, it, it just uh, – that's – I don't know, man. You know, we buy Blu-rays. We hope that our TV will show it worth a damn. Um, whether we have surround sound or have a sound bar or just have the speakers on the TV, we hope that we can at least hear the dialogue. You know what I mean? And um, so it's – I don't know. It's not like buying an original piece of artwork. It's like buying a print of an, of an original, and you just hope that it's pretty close and will look worth the shit on your wall. So, exactly. Yeah. But yeah, I don't want to come off as one of these Tarantino haters, but he just drives me a little <laughs> Well, I think <sighs> if I think anyone who has enjoyed so much success and accolades, um, and you you fight for to keep that crown. You know, but I think eventually you have to prove yourself worthy of the crown. And I think about Robert Rodriguez, and he was – I was such a – and I still am a fan of his movies overall. But I mean it just – you know, he inspired me to be an independent filmmaker. He was one of the, the group, and the fact that he and George Lucas both were like, oh, well, the DGA disapproves. Well, fuck the DGA. You know what I mean? I don't need your approval. I'm going to still do movies and shit. And then you know, the fact that Tarantino was set up in his garage where he would go shoot everything, then edit, and then he's a music guy, so he would also score. And uh, then he even created his own special effects companies to do the 3D CG, all this other stuff. And I was like, he is the fucking man. He gets out of bed and uh, walks across the driveway, and he's in his studio. How sweet is that? So, but you know, but you look at his decline after, and from what I've read, I think it was when. Um, he was having uh, marital issues. I think he'd left his wife or whatever, and he was really um, hot with his girlfriend who was in um, – shit, man. What was her name? Anyway, I, I can't remember. But anyway, and then he was like, I want her to be the lead in this big movie. And the studio was like, uh, no, she's not. Uh, the, a big enough name to lead the remake of Barbarella. And uh, so anyway, and then he was like, well, fuck you all, I'm going to do it anyway. Whatever went down. But I think at that point, um, you know, now he's more of a producer. I don't know what he's directed lately. I, You know, it, it's almost like an M. Night, uh, sh whatever his name is. You know, you, you, you become so big that then your ego gets in the way, and then you're like, well, fuck, I've messed up. How do I come back from this? Well, the doors are closed, and then you you know, have to try to reinvent yourself, which like M. Night is now trying to reboot um, Tales from the Crypt. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But at I feel sorry for M. Night. Yeah. Because whatever he tries to do, it's like people see his name attached, and they just, oh Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, come on, give it a chance. They just, ugh. <laughs> Well, I think, you know, after he did uh, The Last Airbender, which was just a steamy... I, 
I just I was such a big fan of uh, Avatar, the animated series, right? And granted, yeah. you have to have some transition. It's not an animated show. But on the other hand, each of those kids was so different in the animated series. Uh, each one had their own voice and their own personalities, and they were a good balance to each other, you know? Um, and they grew as characters. And then here was a bunch of bland, vanilla um, actors in this movie, and I didn't give a shit about any of them. And then the fact that, you know, it's like we're going to practice waterbending without water. I'm like, what? How much would that have cost for that shot to actually be bending water? Because otherwise, you're just doing tai chi. You realize this, right? So anyway, <laughs> um, you know, save a buck here and there. But yeah, then uh, I never saw After Earth. Did you? Um, I saw half an hour, and I'm out of here. <laughs> but that's not. I don't even think that's to do with the whole M Night Shyamalan thing. That's more to do with the Jaden Will Smith thing. I'm like, this kid is terrible. Get me out of here, right. and I just gave up. Did you want to shake your hair back and forth? <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. So I was more to do. I mean, the film stunk, but it was more. Jaden Smith was just awful in it. It's yeah. Jaden Smith. I think has done one decent film, and that's a Pursuit of Happiness. Which, and that's because he was about three or whatever, and, that, and he didn't really have to do a right lot. It's like you know, kids can can have shallow acting skills. They can fart or burp in public, and they're cute, and it's okay. You know what I mean? But yeah, you get older, and you're expected to be able to. Pulled the pull it off and yeah I'd read somewhere where you know M Night directed everyone but Jaden and that was what Will Smith was there for I'm, that's a dysfunctional kind of thing it's almost like uh, Mr and Ms Smith where and I can't remember the director's name uh, Doug Lyman yeah and yeah. who has done some great stuff and I like. Mr. and Ms. Smith. I think it's a cool movie, but I felt sorry for the guy because more or less he was there as token director while pretty much uh, Brad and Angelina just kind of directed each other. And they would dictate, no, we're, this blocking's going to change and whatever. And I'm just like, damn, man, that's got to suck. That's crazy. I'm a firm believer, not that I've been on loads of film sets, but the ones I've been on, it's a case of the director, he's in charge. Mm. You know, you want to stand on my head? fine whatever right you know i'm here to yep. do what i need to do <laughs> there's a friend of mine carla ray who is a native american actress and she's been in a, a, an array of independent films and stuff and there was one movie that she was on where the uh it was a, a younger director but anyway she knew that he had the vision for the entire movie and at one point um, there were three different people trying to tell her what to do, right? Now, you need to step this way. Well, you need to be looking up and all that stuff. And she told everybody to be quiet, that she was going to listen to the director, and they need to leave her alone. And that was cool because normally it's the director that has to, you know, like pick up a pool cue and slam it on the table and tell everybody to shut the fuck up. And then everybody's, you know, upset. And, you know, but I mean, at some point, if people are usurping your authority like that, you've got to do something to take it back, even if it's, you know, something as radical as, uh, you know, yelling and screaming or whatever. So It's like the Fantastic Four mess, oh. isn't it, where you heard all the stories about that. Dude, like if, you, yeah. if you will hire um, Josh Trank to do a film, yeah. let Josh Trank do a film. If it comes out a mess, don't hire him to do another one. It's simple. Right. Don't interfere with him yeah. while he's doing it, and then blame it all on him when it doesn't turn out well. <laughs> and now they're coming up with all this trumped-up bullshit where it's like, oh, yeah, you heard that he and his dogs tore up that rental house. Yeah, he left it a mess. He lost his mind. And it reminds me of the, um, the oh, God, the... Um, 
the documentary you and I've talked about where uh, Island of Dr. Moreau, where, yeah. you know, it's like, oh, yeah, the director was in a tree, chimping, uh, you know, like uh, howling like a howler monkey and picking his butt. And, you know, he lost his mind where that didn't happen. But they love those scapegoats. And it's like, oh, no, you know, it's either the director has won or the director has failed the project. But it has nothing to do with the producers that get in the way, the studios that say, oh, no, we're going to use our edit versus yours. And, you know, it's like, yeah, we we love Firefly, but we're going to show it out of order because we don't give a shit. We're going to see it. You know, what? This is worse than Sideways Lost. What the hell? So. I mean, so what if, um, I mean, not so what, but if uh, Josh trying to wreck a rental house, yeah. how much is the cost of the rental house to fix up? Right. And how much are you spending on the Fantastic Four. I'm pretty sure the film budget is more than the house. Oh, hell yeah. And so just tell him off afterwards. But, and, and the next time he wants a house, yeah. you know, he can stay in a hotel. <laughs> so, you know, we ruined a $100 million movie because he wrecked a carpet. Right. No. <laughs> Not the mention. You know, it's like if as long I would clear out everything that's in my office. But overall, if someone wanted to rent my home for X amount per month and trash it so that the movie insurance would more or less give me carte blanche to do whatever in the hell I wanted to and buy a new car, I'm fine with that. You know what I mean? I I don't love a house to that degree. And, you know, I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want magic marker on personal photos, but what idiot leaves personal photos out? You know what I mean? Yeah. Fucking A, man. Put it in a box. Put it in a closet. Lock the closet and you're done, you know? Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. This is like a rant podcast. Almost. <laughs> hey, so here's a question for you. All right, so in episode four, C-3PO says, is there anything I can do to Luke? This is when he's first meeting him, right? The so Luke says, not unless you can alter time, speed up the harvest, or teleport me off this rock. Where did that come from, teleport? Because teleportation is not a part of the Star Wars universe at all. So it's a part of the Star Trek, but not Star Wars. So was that something Lucas figured he would eventually put in there, and then it was too Trekian to to add? Or was it, you know, I mean, and I realize ep- uh, Episode 4 was done knowing that there may not be any more. It was a, you know, kind of a, a you know, do-or-die kind of situation. Uh, but, I mean, it was just interesting. That stood out to me in my sleepless hours last night, just one of those moments where I was like, Wait a minute, you know, because it went from if there's a bright center to the universe, this is the planet it's furthest from, and then that led me to think more about the dialogue in that scene. So anyway, uh, sleep deprived, but you know, teleportation. Where did that come from, or was it a joke? Like some scientist somewhere in the Star Wars universe decided, "Hey, I'm going to try this." Oh my God, they came out goo on the other side, or it was uh, Flyman on the other side, or whatever, you know, and they decided maybe it wasn't smart. I think it was just a way to remind the audience again that you're watching a space movie. Because yeah. if you think that came out in 77, yeah. people had seen Star Trek by then. Not the movies, thankfully. The slow motion picture <laughs> hadn't come out for another couple of years yet. Right. But they'd seen the <laughs> TV gone. series, which is yeah. full of teleportation. So I think it was just some sort of yeah. joke. It was just re- oh, by the way, you're watching a space movie. <laughs> just in case you didn't know, by the three yeah. suns, right? <laughs> I mean, if they'd have done yeah, exactly, if they more, yeah, if they'd have um, done teleportation, that the possibilities for stormtrooper invasions would have been amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. loads of stormtroopers not hitting anything. Yeah, oh, that would, I know, really. That Which, would have been. You know, that was one of the coolest damn things with uh, Episode Seven was the fact that stormtroopers weren't a bunch of morons; they could actually hit targets. And two, yeah. the bowcaster 
What a massive yeah. bolt that thing released. And I love the fact that the troopers didn't just get hit. They were flipped over backwards as their <laughs> plastic was shattering. That was awesome. Can I, can I comment on that? It's like a yeah. stormtrooper gets hit by a ball cast and flies into a different zip code. Right. <laughs> but um, Kylo Ren gets hit by one. It's like, ooh, that hurt. <laughs> it's like, ooh, that stung. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, you know, it was, it was kind of fun. Uh, you know, and anyway, man. Yeah. That, that was, that was another, it's kind of like. I try to – I'm a Star Wars fan, so I'm an apologist at the same time. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, that Kylo Ren, he wasn't deformed. He didn't need the mask. He didn't need that. Yeah, but he's a kid who's wanting to get respect. So you intimidate by being uh, behind this faceless expression. It's like Poe was saying, okay, so who talks first? Do you interrogate me? Do I interrogate who, – who's starting this dialogue, right? Um, and that was another quippy kind of fun thing that J.J. added to Star Wars was the way they talk to each other, this rapid fire almost kind of, uh, I don't know. Uh, what are you doing? You're nodding your head. Why are you doing that? You know what I mean? Funny shit to me. I think some people were annoyed by it, but it, we're – we're not talking about Shakespeare. We're talking about having some fun and trying to relate to these characters who J.J.'s trying to bring to life as the torch has passed from, you know, the originals to this, the, the, the newbies, you know? And when you first see Kylo Ren and he's got the mask on, you're like, whoa, who's he? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. When he takes the mask off, you're like, I hope it's Alan Rickman from Harry Potter. It's a, you wouldn't be scared of him right. if he just walked in without the mask on. You know what I like, thought? Oh, go ahead. Uh, you know what I thought was like when he pulled the mask off, I was like, oh, fuck, that's Peter Mayhew's son. You know? <laughs> exactly. Little Mayhew. That's yeah. <laughs> But I mean, you know, I do wish that maybe he had sounded a little more intimidating. He sounded more or less like the lazy guy behind the uh, the RX counter at Walmart or something. It's like, Stuart Bannerman, your drugs are ready. You know, I mean, it just it didn't it didn't have the the ballsiness of uh, you know James Earl Jones. And I realize different or Bane. I get it. Or Bane. Oh my God. <laughs> Pardon? Yeah. What? Yeah. What? <laughs> Can't understand you. I don't know. Take the mask off. Right. Hey, up, Alan Rickman. That's a- <laughs> so what do you think about the, you know, like, I think you had actually emailed me that we were going to be talking about where we're we looking forward to. But now that we're on a tear about things, we'll just kind of blend the two together. What do you think about uh, another Batman with gravelly voice? Are, are you, is it getting old or what? I mean, you've talked a fair bit about this on yeah. Waxing Cinematic, where it's a case of why. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they do have a, a need to sort of change the voice. Yeah. But why is it always gravelly? I don't know. I suppose it's better that than squeaky. Hello! <laughs> that wouldn't be intimidating at all. Or or the bad Cockney accent, right? Hello, I'm Batman! <laughs> oh, I'm Joker! What are you doing? Get out of my Gotham! Yeah. Right. It wouldn't be Gotham anymore, it'd be Gotham. G-O-F-F-A-M. Gotham. <laughs> Right. And of course, I'm thinking about the Lex Luthor in Batman versus Superman, who is so over the top Joker. I, I, you know, cheat. My name is X. Pleased to meet. Oh, you got a strong grip. Don't pick a fight. Yeah, that could get quite annoying. I think. <laughs> so I don't know. Who knows? Oh, yeah, unless this turns into the Joker. That's the big uh, Zach. Fuck you. You know. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that sort of whiny character could just be his. 
his public appearance, and then once he's behind closed doors, he might be like, <laughs> "Oh, not another one." <laughs> so the only uh, the only super without a mask, um, he's got those big ass seventies glasses on, but yet he doesn't change his voice at all, and no one catches on. So. Nope. Oh my god! Yeah, I just when I saw that, you know, when I saw Wonder Woman, I'm like, okay, cool, it's Wonder Woman. And then it's like, is she with you? I I I can't with you. Now, anyway, I, I'll get off that rant. But it's it, I'm just like, what the fuck, man? We we did we not have this in Nolan's Batman? Can we not just have? Maybe it would be cool if when he has the the cowl on, it would be Kevin Conroy doing the voice. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like yep. it's suddenly bigger, you know. And so that would be cool, you know, a little less uh, excitement and just more brooding. But anyway, I guess that's that's just too hard to do. So yeah. But we'll watch it anyway. Uh, yeah, so. sadly, man. I, I mean, like it's one of those things where I just. I feel compelled because I'm such a comic book fanboy. I enjoy comics. There was it was such a big part of my uh, you know growing up. I mean, you know, my dad was a workaholic, so he was always at work. He would work 12 hours a day as a desk job, making sure textiles made it from the cotton field to uh, the uh, the the Tigra shirt and on, you know, distributed to all the different sales places. So, um, but I mean, like, so I grew up on comics. And James Bond, Vanel and I were talking about uh, how James Bond has influenced both of us, and she made some very uh, astute um, observations on both of us. And I'm like, holy shit, man! That's got so that'll be a waxing cinematic podcast unto itself. Her and I talking about how it's it has shaped our lives and why we uh, behaved so um, the way we did back in high school and college, and, and why we married the people that we did. First off, since that didn't work out for either of us. So, anyway. <laughs> but it's worked tight now. Hell yes. Definitely, man. <laughs> so, um, one thing, when I was looking up... Oh, oh, wait. Okay, while we're still on a rant, then we'll go on to talk about different things that are coming up. Supergirl, CBS. Have you seen it? Nope. Um, you're not seeing much. Um, uh, Martian Manhunter is on there. That was the big reveal a few episodes ago. But it's like, you know, watching Arrow and watching The Flash... You see the way action sequences should be shot. In ways, it is better than the movies at times. You know what I mean? Um, sometimes Arrow gets a little rushed. It's like, holy shit, we have an hour and a half. We have to fit into an hour. So some scenes are just a little bit. But I, I try to equate that to comic book panels where you're trying to move the story along, right? So I'll ex- I'll, I'm an apologist as far as comic book TV shows go, too, until I hit Supergirl. And Supergirl, the chick's cute. She, I like what? Some of the messages that it's saying, I thought it was great to have a uh, female superhero that my daughters could say, hey, that's really cool. You know what I mean? And uh, be inspired by. But damn, those action sequences are shit. I've seen better (laughs) stuff by third graders on YouTube, you know? So anyway. All right. So that's my rant about Supergirl. Get your uh, your daughter to watch Alias. They want to see a real oh, female yeah. superhero. At least the first, what was it, uh, two seasons or three seasons? I can't remember when it kind of went, aw- went awry. And uh, four and five, uh, it kind of there you go. dipped slightly. Yep. What's well, kind of like Fringe? <laughs> Did you ever watch that? Uh, no. Really good, man. First two seasons. And then after that, it's like, oh, let's convolute the plot and let's negate a lot of things that we built up at to this point and change everything and just say, 
fuck it, because our audience is stupid and they'll never notice, you know? It's kind of like the, uh, the, the part of uh, Alan Rickman is now played by Sam Jackson. You'll never notice the difference. Yeah, what? <laughs> what in the hell? So anyway, I think that was J.J. Abrams, if I'm not mistaken. He did French. He was one of the writers. So. But uh, really, really good. I enjoyed it up until it just, I think it was the third season. And then even my, my, Matt, uh, my oldest, he, he was the diehard fan that would try to, you know, like at the end of every episode in the third season that we were watching, uh, me and Emily would be sitting there going, what in the fuck did we just watch? That's the stupidest bunch of shit. And Matt would be like, well, due to quantum physics, whatever. He was the biggest apologist. And I think it was maybe four episodes into it. Um, <laughs> Emily and I were like, so what the fuck about that? And Matt's just like, I got nothing. <laughs> I'm all out. I'm done. Because <laughs> everything that he had been trying to string together, you know what I mean? It was just, it was gone. It was out the window. It's like, nah, you know. Yeah, not going Before we move on to positive things, what are your thoughts about The Wire? Because Jake keeps banging on for you to watch it, Dude, doesn't he? What's have, your I have thoughts on it? I have watch it. I, I, I've never seen it. I, you know, I, I have Amazon Prime. Um, and I'm really enjoying Falling Skies and uh, oh, what is it? The Man in the High Tower. We've watched yeah, one Man in the High Castle. Yeah. High Castle. Yeah, thank you, sir. And um, so High Tower would be the Police Academy spinoff. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing what one word can do, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, but anyway, so uh, we've watched one episode of that one, and it looks really cool. But it, Michelle has been really tired, and we've made the mistake of trying to watch it like once we get in bed and we're trying to relax or whatever and then she's you know i think that was almost a mini series to make it through that and it's really solid I, and i thought it was cool i haven't seen that actress since um chronicles of riddick so that was kind of cool seeing her um familiar face on the screen but uh but anyway falling skies that's pretty cool for now i hope it will remain consistently good but uh but i haven't had a chance to watch the wire i just have too much other stuff to watch <laughs> Did I uh, tell you that I had, the I had to actually make a choice who I met, Noah Wiley from Falling Skies or Edward James Olmos? I actually had to make that decision. No. Yeah. Which way did you go, man? That's tough. Edward Olmos. I, I, I can agree with that. Yep, I went for that one because we were, when it was at one of the Comic-Cons in London, yeah. they had uh, Noah Wiley showed up for the day and he was only going to meet like a hundred people out of all the thousands that were there. Mm -hmm. And you had to queue up and you had this lottery thing where they would just hand out a bracelet. And if you got a bracelet, you got to meet him. Wow. And I got a bracelet and Annette got a bracelet. <laughs> right. So we're like, well, we'll meet him. What time are we meeting him? One o'clock. That's exactly the same time I'm going to be sitting down with Edward James Olmos. <laughs> I'm going to be Edward James Olmos. Right. You didn't want to send so, Annette yeah. over to see uh, Noah Wiley? No, because she wanted to meet Edward Olmos <laughs> as well. And she's not really that familiar with uh, Noah Wiley because she's not seen ER yet. Yeah. So yeah. she'd have been like, what were you in? I don't know what you were in. Yep. Falling Skies? Not saying that. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, it was a fun choice to make. Yeah. But, hmm, no, Edward Wins, you're such cool. a nice book. Oh, yeah, man. Well, I mean, the, I think the first movie I saw him in was Blade Runner. If I remember yeah. correctly, so he um, which one did he make? Because he didn't make all the little toys. I did yeah, post actually a Q and A, um, which I videoed. Yeah, he on the, guy my, uh, the little uh, origami. Um, yep. Yeah. So, but he didn't. He didn't make them all. He actually made some of them himself, yeah, and then really? some other ones were made. So I'll share the uh, Q and A on Facebook or send you a link yeah. to it. Cause it was such fun. It's about fifty-five minutes, and I filmed it all, and it was. I was quite impressed. Dude, with that is cool. 
So I'll send you that later on. And it goes on about Blade Runner and um, oh, man. Star Galactica, obviously. Yeah. And stuff. So I'll send you that later on today. You can check it okay, out. Okay, man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah. Um, Emily, my daughter, who is an actress as well, she's done some directing, but mainly I think she, she enjoys acting. Um, but anyway, she was the lead in a short film that I will be recording fully for this afternoon. And then it's it's slowly being completed. I worked with a friend of mine, a longtime collaborator, Hannah Dennis. I think she's been on your show once, if I remember correctly. Yep. And um, so anyway, she's coming over. We're going to do some fully. But anyway, uh, it's called A Thousand Cranes. And so Hannah folded all these cranes. Emily tried, but they were not as crisp and perfect as what Hannah was doing because she had folded a thousand of them. And uh, so it was kind of cool. And that they had various stages of um, folding so that Emily could just like, you know, crease part of the spine. And then <laughs> then they'd hand her another one. And then it was like, you know, she'd pull it out. So it was a crane. It was just funny, man. So, yeah, it's origami is tough. Uh, Kate, uh, one of the things that uh, she got for Christmas was this book that or a box that had four different books in it. And um, it was like origami for beginners and then origami. Evidently, I needed like uh, origami for, uh, I don't know, people who can't use their fingers accurately. But, you know, I started out, I was like, hey, I'm going to do a squirrel. And then I just was like, fuck this. I think I'm going to do a box. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do a road kill squirrel. <laughs> it really was, man. Dead squirrel. Yeah. <laughs> so I did the uh, the uh, lantern for Green Lantern. And I forget what else, man. But it was all just I, – I, I was blown away by the difficulty because it, I'm like, you can't fold that shit, man. I'm going to be nailing that uh, unicorn from Blade Runner next, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. But, yep. uh, yeah, so the wire, it's okay. It was really, really good at the time. Yeah. But I think it's, I don't know, it's one of those weird series where you watch it and after you finish watching it, you think, not a lot happened in that season. What's all that about? Season two was like that. Season yeah. two, I remember watching, thinking, nothing's happened in the past hour. Right. Nothing's happened in the past 12 episodes. What's all that about? And then six months after, you think, I want to watch that again. It's one of these weird, weird shows. that right. It's a bit like The Hateful Eight. While you're watching it, you're like, nothing is happening whatsoever. And then the morning after, you think, I'm going to watch that again at some point. And there's no rational explanation why. <laughs> So, but season one of The Wire is really, really good. Yeah. So that's definitely my favourite because you just half of the cast of Oz yeah. are, uh, are in that, so it's very good. And Idris Elba as a string of bells. So. Oh, no doubt, man. You know, but I, I personally wouldn't put it at the top of a list of shows you must watch. Right. Um, I've been seen it once, and I've got the box out. I'm going to try and watch it again at some point. Yeah. Just because it's been, I don't know how many years, but 10 years or whatever since I've seen it. So. Yeah, I figure I'll watch at least a few episodes just so that, you know, when Jake brings it up, I can be like... Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, with some recognition, you know? So. Yeah. And if he quizzes you too much on it, just go, so, any Terminator news there, James? <laughs> like, I'll just start talking about the Terminator again. And I'll distract him. It's like a shiny thing. You're... Like a shiny cyborg for him. <laughs> it is. <laughs> hey, um, on another note, uh, Christmas and holidays and decorating. The, uh, how much do you decorate over in England? As little as possible. Um, I'm not a massive fan of Christmas. New Year, I quite like. Yeah. Because New Year is the time when you think, right, what are my plans for the year? Right. Right. 
what can I just clear off my desk that I don't need to do? Right. What am I going to do? What projects am I going to work? So I quite like that aspect of it. But Christmas, I just I can't be bothered with it. <laughs> I really can't. Um, I did put a Christmas tree up in case people came around to visit, which a couple of people did, so that was fine. Right. But no, I'm not a massive. Christmas is generally a time for big families all to get together, right. and because I don't come from that background, right, right, it's actually. kind of the time of year that just taps you on the shoulder going, uh, you ain't got a big family around you, <laughs> nah, 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 and it kind of slaps you in the face. Right. <laughs> so I'm not a massive fan of that one. I can imagine that your house has probably got like 17 Christmas trees in it or something. You know, last year being the first Christmas uh, that Michelle and I were together, and we were trying to you know blend two families and all that stuff, and so we had um, two trees. They were both live. One was in the basement area, which is more or less the family room, and then there's another one in my office, and we had decorations everywhere and of course Emily was still living with us and Emily decorate I mean like she's big on doing uh, different designs uh, almost like uh, the Starry Night uh, uh, picture where uh, but anyway she'll do that on the ceiling with colored and white and blue lights or whatever and all these spirals and all this other stuff so you know like all over the kitchen we had these lights all over the ceiling it's really kind of cool and then we had decorations everywhere this year um, you know like Jake was sick at our Christmas party Party, and then, like a week later, and I'm not blaming Jake by any means, uh, but because oh, I, I would, yeah, <laughs> Jake ruined Christmas. Well, I'm telling you, the best bottle of wine, and it was still a quarter left because he was finishing off himself, and, uh, and he, he was he was what? Sorry, finishing off himself. <laughs> what was in what way was Jake finishing himself off? <laughs> In a lonely corner, but that was a different story. But he was yeah. finishing off the bottle of wine and whacking cinematic. <laughs> is that that one? Yeah. And that goes right back to why you turned it off when Annette came home, right? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Complete circle, man. That was good, dude. <laughs> but anyway, but best wine I have ever had because uh, Michelle got like a case of it. It was pretty impressive. But anyway, and yeah, it's like the next morning, knowing that Jake was sick, I was like, shit, man. I mean, because I'm not a, a like germaphobe or whatever. So if Jake wasn't sick, I probably would have finished off the last bit of the bottle. But I was like, fuck, I got to pour this down the drain. But anyway, I don't know where the hell I was going with all that stuff. Oh, but at the party. So um, with us being – then Michelle and I took turns being sick with like uh, chest congestion and stuff. So we really didn't have time to decorate that much. So we had a tree. I put lights on it. We had three ornaments on it, but the lights were bright. So, you know, like all the pictures show this tree in the corner that has all these lights. So they don't even look to see that there's no ornaments or ribbons or whatever. But um, And then we had the Charlie Brown tree in the middle of the coffee table in my office. And that was pretty much it. And uh, with the exception of a bunch of tin soldiers in the fireplace, because there's a fake fireplace in my office. And so taking all this shit down was amazingly simple. So I think uh, hopefully next year we will do about the same or even less, because I, I really I, – Michelle loves everything being decorated. I, me, not so much. I can, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, it's a mixed bag for me. And, uh, but, man, the easy cleanup, that's what's going to inspire me to keep it simple next year. So. Definitely. <laughs> a ramble, man. I'm telling you, this is an eclectic show, which is awesome, right? It is. Off the, yeah, just <laughs> to, totally unscripted, I assure you. <laughs> In case anybody can't tell. Uh, yeah, really. <laughs> All right, so one of the big surprises when I was looking up uh, sci-fi movies to watch in 2016 was Star Trek Beyond. Where in the hell yep. did this come from? 
Uh, have you seen the trailer for it? Though? I did, and it looks pretty good. Uh, because I, do you think so? I just like uh, well, I don't know. Like, I don't know what it is with Star Trek. <laughs> these new ones. The funny thing was, and this was my initial reaction. I actually typed it out on my notes for the show. Right, um, Star Trek Beyond, and then I have question mark exclamation mark, and then the first quote. No ship, no crew. And I'm thinking, oh, fuck, you guys have a big, you know, like, uh, your budget was uh, drastically reduced because JJ's no longer directing. And therefore, you're on a, uh, like, a planet, kind of like an island where it's just the main characters to save money. But then you have all the rest of the, the you know, obviously you have crowds. So, but anyway, and then I thought it was funny, um, and I have no idea how to pronounce her name, but Sophia Bautella. That's a stab in the dark. She, Sounds perfect. She, thank yep. you, sir. <laughs> she was in The Kingsman as the chick with um, the prosthetic legs that had blades, right? So oh, she yeah. is the ultra-albino alien that's hanging out with Kirk, which obviously he's going to tap that because that's because <laughs> he's Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Excuse me. You have a vagina? Oh, hell yeah. All right. <laughs> well, I'll make one for you. <laughs> Just in case Captain Kirk's English for some weird reason, I don't know why. I think it would, you know, it would be very Picard of Kirk, wouldn't it? I think it would, wouldn't it? Yeah. Like, make me a vagina, make it so. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. That's right. But anyway, so that was a surprise, man. Uh, I, you know, so I don't know that I'll go see it. I don't know. It's still a, I, I will probably support it just because I, you know, I like big box office numbers for something that I would like to see more of. But I don't know, man. I mean, it, it's I'm waiting on everybody to get, and I don't want this to happen by any means. But I'm waiting on people to get burnt out on comic book movies and sci-fi, and then the western's going to come back. And I'm not saying the hateful eight. I'm saying traditional westerns. You know what I mean? Bone, bone tomahawk. You need to watch bone tomahawk. Yeah. I'd, really I looked that up, and I was in the process of watching the trailer, and I can't remember what uh, who came in and uh, needed me for something or whatever. But, yeah, I'm going to check that out. And But I can't find it on – I don't think it's on Amazon. I don't think it's on uh, Hulu or Netflix, so I'll have to find No, not yet. It is on video on demand at the minute um, because it didn't even go to cinema. It just went straight to VOD, which is insane looking at the cast list. Wow. So, but it's such a good film. I was giving it loads of awards on the from page to screen podcasts and stuff because so it's really good. It's really brutal. Late. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. With of course, Quentin Tarantino fans are like, "How dare you? You just don't understand Quentin." <laughs> um, but now, Bone Tomahawk's fantastic. It's really right. good. And then around summertime, we get a remake of The Magnificent Seven by Antoine Fuqua oh. with Denzel Washington and whole Ethan Hawke and all that sort no of stuff way. in it. So. Oh, yeah. Man. So I'm looking forward to that because yep. Fuqua is an awesome director. Yeah, like. he is, man. I was very skeptical until you mentioned who was directing because um, that's that's a, one of my favorite westerns. It's not my favorite western, but it's one of my favorites. So I think probably Tombstone's probably the top tier for me. So, so in the same year, you can watch The Ridiculous Six, The Magnificent Seven, and The Hateful Eight. Which <laughs> is not too bad. <laughs> I know which one's not the best, and uh, you know. Oh, pretty much. I'm sure yeah. your your uh, six and eight will probably be eighty sixth. Yeah, pretty much. Like yeah, definitely. Like I certainly did. Three, <laughs> yep. Caffeine kicked in, man. It's awesome. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, magnificent seven Fuqua. That'll be awesome. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's how I think it's like May or something like that. I think. Yeah. Oh, that's cool, so. man. Well, is there a trailer out for it? 
I am. I've not looked for one. No, I was just scouring the lists of films coming out this year. Yeah. Because it's like last year we knew all the things that were coming out, yeah. so you couldn't blink and miss Jurassic Park, you know, Jurassic right. World, and Star Wars, and Spectre, and Fast Seven, yeah. and all these big franchise movies coming out. This year, you're like, well, okay, is there anything actually coming out this year yeah. other than Batman v Superman and Captain America? Yeah. So you've got to sort of have a bit of a hunt trying to find these films. Yeah. So. And you know, it's funny. Uh, Civil War is not showing up on a lot of these. Uh, must-watch list. So I don't know where where the interest has gone. I mean, like, with um, Winter Soldier being as kick-ass as it was, I figured everybody would know, uh, be pretty stoked about uh, Civil War. Yeah, that was one that I've got on my list. I wrote down a list of about probably about ten films that I want to watch. Yeah. And Civil War. I think Civil War is actually the only major film on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't put Batman on there because it's like, yeah, I'll watch it, right. but I'm not, exci- I'm not excited about it. I'll just <laughs> watch it. Right. Um, well, I'm trying to go through some of the ones that are coming out. Infernal, we're getting yet another Dan Brown, Da Vinci Code, sort of the third one on that with Tom Hanks. No way. Yeah, yeah, that's finished shooting in places like Venice and whatnot. Wow. So that's coming out, I think, the end of the year. I'm feeling so very disconnected. Uh, I was until I'm looking at this list. I'm like, sheer damn, I don't even heard about that one. Because <laughs> I really like The Da Vinci Code and Angels and Demons. Yeah. I'm a big fan of those two films. Love the scores for them. Oh, so yeah. hopefully Hans Zimmer will be back for uh, Inferno. I put down Captain America Civil War because it mm-hmm. does look pretty good. Mm-hmm. Winter Soldier was amazing. So mm-hmm. go for that one. We've got uh, the Bourne film, number five, which still hasn't got a title, and it's out in like what? four months. Who They've is, still not named it. Who it's is just currently is known it as... Matt Damon, or is it uh, yeah, Guy? Matt, Matt Damon. Wow. Yep. Paul Greengrass is back directing again. What? So it's the, te- the team from two and three are back, <laughs> and they've done everything, and it's been shot, and... You know, I did see an advert, and it was flying around on Facebook, so it's probably made up. Right. But they were advertising for extras for the Fifth Born movie, but they weren't going to pay them. I'm like, ooh, that's not good for a big project. You need to pay them. Yeah. Well, just send your name, number, social security, and your credit card number. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Uh, What else have I got? Dad's Army. There's a big screen version of that. That's a little sitcom that we used to get in Britain back in the 70s or whatever. They've got all... They've got got a really good cast list, like Bill Nye and all that sort of stuff. Um, In that one. And it's called Dad's Army, huh? Dad's Army. Okay. Yeah. So there is a trailer out for that one. Yeah. Uh, one of the British films I'm looking forward to is called High Rise, mm. and it's by a British director called Ben Wheatley, um, who's done probably a lot of stuff that you've never heard of. Probably. Things like Kill List. <laughs> <laughs> and stuff like that, but High Rise looks pretty good. Yeah. We've got another Jack Reacher film coming out this year. Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. I don't know. I thought that was what a lot of people said after watching the first one. Oh, I like the you know, I'm just fucking with you, man. I thought it was fine, but there again, I went in with the correct expectations that it wasn't Mission Impossible, that it was it should be considered much more low key, and therefore I did enjoy it. I, I mean, when I mean Tom Cruise is older than I am, but on the other hand, it, it's one of those things where it's like, fuck yeah! I mean, like Vin Diesel and I are the same age, so when I see him kicking ass, I'm living vicariously through his character on screen, thinking. Well, shit, man. You know, I mean, if he can kick ass, they wire removal and stuff, you know, not considered. But you know what I'm saying? It's kind of like, so when Tom Cruise is tossing people about, man, that's cool. Yeah. 
Exactly. I get tired watching him do that. <laughs> but he's just so kind of like when he was uh, he encountered those people. I think it was right outside the bar and it was uh, in the street or whatever. And he was just like, man, I don't want to fight you guys. I'm going to hurt you. And they're like, oh, we're going to, you know, we're thugs or whatever. And it's like, and there he's done, man. It's, it's awesome, man. Yeah. <laughs> So I am excited about another Jack Reacher. That's yeah, man. But again, where the fuck did that come from? I guess yeah, exactly. I need to pay more attention to what's being uh, made. <laughs> it came from exactly the same place that the follow-up to Now You See Me came from, because that's coming out this year as well, the sequel to that. <laughs> Which Jake can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah, the first one was a lot of fun. People are like, it's far-fetched. I don't care. <laughs> the director's cut, or whatever the non-theatrical version, I can't remember what it was called, I thought it was fun, and I thought it was a hell of a lot better than the theatrical version because I saw that back. Um, it was right after, right when it uh, was on. I think uh, uh, like VOD or whatever, and um, and I I I thought it was fine, but I was expecting more. But then when I watched the um, the whatever non theatrical version, I thought it was great. Jake hated it. He thought it was the most pretentious pile of shit, and of course <laughs> he he hates all of the like. I thought Ocean's Eleven, the George Clooney Brad Pitt. I yeah. thought it was slick, man. I Hell yeah. It. It, it reminded me a lot of like a cleaner version of what Guy Ritchie would have done, you know? Because yep. I can't really say, hey, mom, you should watch Snatch, even though I think it's a stellar movie. But yet, I don't know if my mom would like that. But it's no. George Clooney and, and Brad Pitt and Ocean's Eleven. And yeah, 12 was shit. And then 13 was, ah, they were trying to make up for 12. I got that. But uh, but I thought 11 was really cool. But Jake was like, ah, it's pretentious shit and whatever. So, yeah, it's 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 cool when Jake and I disagree on something because for the most part, we are, uh, you know, we see a lot eye to eye on things. So, yeah. But no, I like Torsion's 11 as well. Yeah. So, yeah. I just, nothing wrong with that Slick, film. man. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, um, yep. but yeah. The other two. Uh-huh. Oh. Uh, the other two films I've got, one of them's a Japanese horror film, which is getting really, really good reviews. It's called The Forest. Oh, yeah. And apparently it's where there's a certain forest in Japan, I believe it is, where people just go and kill themselves. Right. For some weird reason. So they've done a horror film based on <laughs> that. So I'm sure that's a nice, cheery Christmas movie. Right, right. I think they go there when their kids uh, fail in school. I think that's where the parents go to uh, kill themselves because they, they have failed. Yeah. I mean, it, I don't think they really do that, but on the other hand, it's close <laughs> to it, man, because, I mean, literally, it's like, hey, where are you going on vacation? Well, I have kids. We're studying for the PSAT or whatever, man. I'm just like, fuck, man. Well, I get it, but and it's admirable, but on the other hand, where am I going on vacation? Away from the kids, you know? Exactly. <laughs> and the final one that I've got this year, which I had to hunt around and make sure, because that's not appearing on any lists. Mm-hmm is Snowden, the new Oliver Stone film, because I'm a big Oliver Stone fan, so that's coming out this year. You know, it's funny. I remember um, when they announced that he was going to do that movie, and then it just did like a submarine and went completely underwater, lost all sight of it, and forgot it was there. So suddenly it sank my battleship, and here it is, man. That's kind of cool. It's coming out this year. So that was the main ones that I found. Yeah. That are uh, coming out. There'll be a whole bunch of British indie films and stuff that are coming out, but they don't generally appear on any lists. It's usually me digging them up and, and watching them and then telling everybody else about it. Right. <laughs> right, right. And that's, it's, I wish there was a, and maybe you and I need to get together and try to figure out how to create this, but for those people who have spectacular movies 
and they are seeking distribution but haven't found it yet and would like to get a following just to show some solid numbers. Um, it would be cool to have like a version of YouTube where there was no contract, there's no obligation, have it up there for as long as you want, and then as soon as you find distribution, you pull it, and we split profits and whatever, make it a fair deal all the way across the board. But it would be cool to have, because, I mean, even Sundance, they kind of had it, but then they kind of said, oh, well, yeah, but our short films have $3 million budgets and hoity-toity, <laughs> you know? So, But it'd be cool for those people who made a $5,000 movie um, to have a showcase for it, and so that more people can find it and then uh, Sony or, or Lionsgate would say, well, hell, man, we need to distribute this. We can make money because it's that good. But but in particular, so that you and I can see more independent films with E. <laughs> exactly. Yep. <laughs> That's one of the promises I made to myself this year is I'm going to watch more UK films and more of these smaller ones. And so far, I'm doing really well. I think I've watched eight films, I think, this year, which isn't too bad because it's like the 7th or 8th of January or whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, and then I'm going to the website and I'm writing up what I've watched and putting links to trailers yeah. and stuff like that. So I'm keeping on top of that stuff for the minute. Yeah. Which, by the way, I think you use the template to create your website. If you can send yep. me a link to that, because um, I used to create websites all the time and it was quite easy. And I would just, yeah, you know, but then it's like uh, eight years later uh, and I've gotten away from the app that I used for so long. It's an Adobe app. And now it's foreign. It's like me trying to, I don't know, man, breathe on Mars. It's very annoying. So uh, I, so if you'll send me wherever you got your templates so I can just populate Waxing Cinematic with cool shit. Uh, versus Because okay, yep. I think for the last six months it said coming soon, and I, I'm just <laughs> believing that now. <laughs> but no, it's, I use WordPress. Um, for that, and then within that, you can change the themes, and you can go, I like, look at that one, I like, oh, click, nope, don't like that one, choose another one, and I just, originally I had one where it just showed one news story, uh-huh. and a bunch of links down it, but I wanted one that showed thumbnails of maybe the last 12 posts or whatever, so that's, people would look at one thing and go, oh, I'm going to look at this other one, and it generally makes it a bit a bit prettier, so that's why I opted for the one hmm. that I went for. But, uh, now, does WordPress, is that your host, or do you use a different host? No, WordPress.com is a free blogging website, mm-hmm. so it doesn't cost you anything to set up. And I then purchase a domain name right. so that, you know, you're not giving out, oh, from page to screen, dot .wordpress, dot .this, dot .that, dot .other. <laughs> so it's not easy to write down, right. so it's easier if it's just from page to screen, dot .com. Yeah. So the WordPress side of things, the whole web hosting, everything is free other than the domain name, which I pay, however much I pay for right. that per year. So it's easy enough to do. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to do that because I, I went with a all-in-one kind of thing from the people that have hosted most of the rest of my sites. And um, so I got the uh, domain for free for a year, and then it's like, I don't know, like 250 per month. Um, so it's relatively cheap, but it's not free. So uh, maybe I'll look yeah. at WordPress and just jump over there. And um, mine, mine is free, mainly not because I'm a, a what they call a skinflint, but just because I don't make any money doing what I'm doing. <laughs> so why would, I'm not spending any money? I spend enough money on DVD. <laughs> so never mind websites. That's called frugal, man. That's called frugal. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> and I've also so far kept up the promise that I'm not going to buy any DVDs this year until either something really, really special comes out or run out of films to watch because the stockpile of films that I've got is insane. Yeah, I can imagine. So I've taken all the ones that I've never watched, I've put them on a separate shelf, Mm -hmm. and each time I'm watching a film, I'm taking it off that shelf, putting it on the 
the proper archive shelf and go right I'm done now so I can see how many I've got left to watch because it's kind of crazy paying full price for a DVD and you don't watch it for four months <laughs> right. because you could have picked it up a, a third of the price. Right, so, right. Yeah, I always feel guilty because like, um, I'll look on my shelf and here's something that I bought as long as like a year ago and it's yeah. still in the plastic wrap and I'm like, shit, man, I forgot I had that. And then I'm yeah. really bad about um, you know, like thinking it like I – Put a make a mental note that is so strong uh, in my brain that it's like I, I need to pick up the movie X Y Z on Blu-ray. So then I'll pick it up, throw it on the shelf. I never watch it, so therefore I don't acknowledge that I have it. And then the next time I'm going through, it's and it's always on the cheap bin, so it's like you know six fifty or whatever. And so and I'm like, oh shit, I need to get X Y Z. And then before <laughs> I have three fucking copies, and of course then I give them as gifts, you know. So. But, <laughs> well, that's nice. See, that's you're paying it forward. Yeah. Right. With my mistake, which, you know, you can't do that with, like, ketchup. They, they, it doesn't have the yeah. same appeal because no, at no. times, you know, it's, what do we need, kids? Uh, we need ketchup. All right. So then before long, we have, like, you know, enough to feed, you know, like a, a post-apocalyptic army of, with ketchup. So, yeah. Tell you, ketchup sandwiches. <laughs> I've not beaten them. I used to eat those as a kid. Really? Yep. 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 They're very nice. Yeah, I always did yep. the peanut butter sandwich. I, I don't think I've ever had a ketchup sandwich, but I imagine that was pretty tasty. It was. No? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, so are, you, are you aware of anything that's coming out this year you know, that uh, I think you're looking forward to? Number one, well, let's talk TV and then we'll talk movies. Legends of Tomorrow, kind of looking forward to see where they're going to take that. Um, if it is the same caliber as Arrow and The Flash, then it'll kick ass. Um, I think it's interesting that it's going to be more of an ensemble cast. Not that The Flash and Arrow haven't done that, but I mean, still, you're dealing primarily with, in essence, one superhero and the supporting players around that, right? Um, even though Oliver Queen is more like Batman, you know, he doesn't have superpowers, but on there is a badass archer. Um, but you're dealing with a bunch of more or less superheroes coming together to be the Legends of Tomorrow. So. Looking forward to that. Daredevil Season 2. Did you ever see Season 1, Daredevil? Uh, I've seen maybe the first three or four episodes. Quite enjoyed it, but just haven't had the time to go back and watch yeah. it. Yeah, well, it's one of those that I was so excited about it. We just kept on watching. I think we'd watch them. In, I think the first one, I had a gig the next day, so I only watched one episode. But after that, we were watching them four and five at a time, and we finished it up pretty quick. But looking forward to uh, Daredevil Season 2. I don't know if you've seen the poster. I uh, tweeted about it yesterday. But it's kind of cool in that you have Daredevil, and you have all the cast of player, you know, like all the characters on this kind of like um, uh, Da Vinci kind of poster, right? And then if you look behind, you see very obviously to me the Punisher symbol, the skull. So it's kind of cool in that, you know, the Punisher is going to be on Daredevil. So we'll see where that's going. But I, I'm looking forward to that. I enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed Jessica Jones. I don't know if you checked that one out. but Yeah, I couldn't get into a, that. A little different. And I think the fact that I knew about her character and I knew about Luke Cage and I kind of knew what was going on versus like Michelle didn't. So, you know, but Michelle's going to watch it because, uh, you know, I'm watching it and, um, and she enjoyed it, but I, it, I think it helped me knowing the backstory and, you know, being aware of who these characters were to begin with. So, but it was kind of cool seeing David Tennant be, you know, this, uh, the polar opposite of who he is on Broadchurch. So, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so, um, Daredevil 2, Legends, uh, 
Daredevil season two, Legends tomorrow, and that's what I'm looking forward to on TV. Um, no X Files. Yeah, I mean, I guess. Uh, I mean, I was, I enjoyed it to a degree, and I. Jake keeps giving me the list and says, you know, you've got to watch this and then you're ready for it. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Whether I catch up or not or whether I see the highlight reel or not, I'll at least watch the first couple of episodes and see if it you know, resonates with me and then I'll watch it. But I don't think you'll have to watch any of the X-Files for this new book because there's a lot of people out there that probably never even heard of the X-Files. Right. And I think they'd be crazy to do these new ones as a direct continuation of. <laughs> but, well, I mean, you know the basics. You know who Mulder is. Right. You know who Scully is. Yeah. You know what they investigate and so on. So I, yeah. I think you're pretty much set. Well, it'd be interesting to see what arcs uh, they have, if it's and what formula they use. Because I don't. I, surely it won't be like Monster of the Week kind of stuff. And uh, but no. who knows? So yeah, I'm wide open to. Um, you know, to watching that. Um, Michelle is a much larger fan than me. Not as big a fan as uh, Jake's wife, Heather, but somewhere between me and Heather is Michelle. So, uh, But yeah, I'm sure we'll be watching that. What about Westworld? That's coming out this year, the TV series? You know, that's on HBO, and I yeah. don't have access to it. <coughs> me, so. n- me neither. <laughs> I'm looking forward to watching that one, though. The trailer looked phenomenal. And, you know, I'm hoping that Amazon or, or some kind entity will just say, here you go, buddy. <laughs> I'm sure they will. I'm sure they will. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so, but big fan of uh, the original. And then... Um, so I'm interested to see where they they take it, and you know, hopefully, the story will be really solid, and the special effects will just be supporting. You know what I mean? So that yep. it's so believable, it's not like you know, suddenly there's Jar Jar Binks in the mix. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, going on to movies, uh, Deadpool. Needless to say, looking very forward to that, and then uh, Civil War. That'll uh, you know uh, the fact that I'm and I'm going to go back and reread the comics, knowing that they are not following it exact, but um, just to kind of I don't know, get, kind of remember or, or clarify what happened in the original. But I'm looking very forward to seeing what they do. I can't remember the directors, but it's uh, brothers that are looking after uh, the directing. Yeah, and, the Russos. Yeah, 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 and uh, so everything they've done in the past has been kick-ass. So I'm looking forward to, um, you know, to seeing that. Um, Star Trek. I don't know, man. I guess the verdict <laughs> is still out. But you know, it's funny when uh, Michelle and I went to go see Star Wars Episode Seven in 3D. We uh, this past Sunday, and um, which if you haven't seen it in 3D, it's actually worth going to a matinee. I couldn't imagine going and paying the prices that I did to go see. Um, Avatar uh, on IMAX in 3D, uh, but it was cool in that it's nothing intrusive. There's no, um, you know, like the way you know back in the 80s where it's like, hey, throw me that rope, hey, at the camera, you know. So, but I mean, it was just cool. If for nothing less, being on the Millennium Falcon, not just looking, but you felt like you were actually on board the Millennium Falcon, which I've all, if I could have my own personal man cave with a million dollar budget, it would be the Millennium Falcon. It would just watch, watch out for those doors falling down and breaking your legs. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> watch out for those. You know, hey, you know, going back to, um, to Star Wars just for a moment, um, Han Solo kicked ass. Yes, he's 70-something or whatever, but um, there was nothing soft about Harrison Ford's performance. He was 
Harris, I mean, he was Han Solo, just as our he was. back in the original trilogy. So that was really cool. And I thought um, Carrie Fisher looked fine, and then in 3D, she looks even prettier. I'm a fan of her, so oh. I don't understand all the hate bullshit. You know, I mean, fucking A. For her age, she looked great. And if women can't age in this country um, and still be appreciated, then fuck you haters. So Exactly. It's just keyboard warriors, that's all that yeah. is. People need to feel the need to spit venom at something to like, hmm, yeah. who can we pick on? Yeah. I know, let's pick on him. I'd like to send them all the mirror and say, hey, just, you know, pick on that person you see in the mirror. You know? Exactly. Dick. But anyway, I digress. Um, Batman vs. Superman, we saw that trailer, and I'm, it's still a toss-up. I'll go see it just simply – and Michelle is a little more gung-ho to go see it than me, but I don't know, man. It, it's still – it's like here's gravelly Batman, here's Superman with his big-ass 70s glasses. I don't know. And then here's little, little Wonder Woman, and I just – I don't – I don't know. And then somebody was bringing up, you know, what do you think about Batman having a gun? Well, if Batman knows that he's going up against the Man of Steel, then surely he's going to probably have kryptonite bullets or something. You know, he's he's yeah. not an idiot. Um, but who knows, man? But but you know, even in, I think it was the 3D trailer that we saw. Even that, I was like, eh, whatever, man. You know, maybe. Um, but Independence Day. I don't know if you were a fan of the original. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, no, no. I was a massive fan of the TV series V back in the mid-80s. Right. So when I start, started seeing the trailers for Independence Day, if you go back and look at the trailers, right. they, they, it looks like a serious film. It looks like, my God, this is a big screen adaptation of V. This is going to be amazing. Right. And I went to see the film, and it's all punch. Welcome to Earth. And, I'm back, Lieutenant, and all that. <laughs> it was just so much over-the-top humor that really, really annoyed me. Right. Over the years, I've come to sort of go, okay, fair enough. It was just <laughs> really badly marketed. Right, right. Um, and then the second one's second and third one or whatever is planned and Will Smith's like I want a hundred million dollars and my kid's got to be in it and the Roland Emmerich's like screw you I'm not going to be in it and <laughs> so now they're going well we'll just kill off the Will Smith character in between the first and the second movie right. so we'll get rid of him <laughs> and now Will Smith's come out going how dare they kill my character off I would have been in that film but I was busy doing Suicide Squad <laughs> no you were busy asking for a hundred million dollars right. Will and putting your kid in it did he so. not learn anything from Bruce Willis in Expendables 3 Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, everybody is you. expendable. Um, yeah, man. The uh, yep. but yeah. So Independence Day, I, it looked like it would be fun. This, you know, I mean, like I remember watching uh, the Blu-ray version of Independence Day probably five years ago with the kids. The kids were pretty nonplussed, but I enjoyed it. It was like time traveling back to you know my childhood and watching it. You know, so anyway. Um, yep. Oh, it's your X-Men Apocalypse. The verdict is still out on that, too. I am nonplussed by how wimpy Apocalypse looks. And because he, even when he's, like, human-sized, he's still bigger. You know what I mean? He's not like this little, you know, anemic dude with tubes shoved into his neck. So, you know, I did like the fact that he was growing and choking out uh, Professor X. That was kind of cool. But, you know, and the Force Horsemen of the Apocalypse, and uh, that's in the Bible. Or did the Bible get it from him? I don't know, man. I mean, like, it just it, it seems ham-fisted, and I don't know how much I care. 
So <laughs> <laughs> I've just burned out on comic book films now. It's yeah, it's getting a little bit confusing yep. now. I was watching the eleventh episode of Gotham season two, right? And at one point, there's a line of dialogue was like, oh, well, hand this person over to Professor Strange. And I'm thinking, oh, that must be Doctor Strange. Oh, no, hang on a minute. He's Marvel. And maybe he's not. Um, <laughs> and I got really confused by who's he. And it's like, when it gets to the point where I'm trying to right. build a jigsaw with character names and stuff, it's like, just give me a break. Yep. Well, it's like I still play action figures with my youngest two kids. And part of it's for, for them, part of it's for me, man. You know, And, and <laughs> yep. part of it is, too, you know, like for me to keep all the characters separate. So it, it then lends itself to writing as well as doing different voices and accents and whatever. And thank God there's no British characters that I'm playing. So anyway, uh, although my kids wouldn't know the difference. Um, but it, but anyway, but it, there is a running joke as we're playing because Kate will pull all the figures out that she wants us to play with, right? And it's a mix between Marvel and DC. And there are times when I'm like, um, you know, oh, well, you know, that's, you know, like she'll ask a question one of her characters and then one of my characters answer, well, you know, is that in the Marvel or DC universe. And so, yeah, but that's what I was going through when um, it seemed like everybody was running for mayor between the Flash Arrow and Gotham, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, "Fuck, man how how is this going to turn out?" Oh, wait, it's a different show. So, yep. yeah, <laughs> yeah, but no, it is every show you put on, somebody's running for mayor. Yeah, uh, yeah, which you know, I. I have enough of that bullshit on Facebook and with real politics, and I, I just I don't know. It, it's yeah. I, none of them will be, none of them will be as good as Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, what is it with that guy? Do you remember Jeez. when uh, what's his name? Gary Coleman? Is he the little little guy from um, you know uh, what you talking about, Willis? Anyway, yeah, 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 yeah. So anyway, yeah. when he was up against a porn star, and then they were up against somebody else, I can't remember. All for running for governor of California, and I was like, wow. But then again, what was it over in? Uh, is it Paris? I can't remember. Uh, there's some sort of governess or whatever. I'm unfamiliar with politics overseas, but uh, that is a was a well-known porn star. She's blonde. Maybe she's out of office. Maybe I'm a decade too late with this. Uh, but anyway, but I, I just thought it was interesting. Evidently, some people don't care. Hey, nope. we're fans of her work. We're going to vote her into office because surely, you know, <laughs> I don't know. She would be good. <laughs> I don't know. She One with, way to find out how good she is, I suppose. I guess, man. You know, hey, she worked <laughs> with John Holmes. She must be good. Really? But what about politics? Oh, who cares? You know, so anyway. <laughs> um, what about Ghostbusters? The reimagining of that? I'll watch it. Yeah? Um, I'm not one of these. But they've made them into women. Uh, though. I don't care. I've always maintained, as long as the story's good and it's a well-made film, I don't care what gender. As long as you don't keep going on about the fact that they're women, I really, right. I don't care. Yeah. I'm not bothered. Yeah. You know, the original one had men in the main character, so what? Yeah. It wasn't a funny film because they were all men. Right. It was a funny film because it had a funny script and the, they were good actors. Yep. So, same for this one. The cast looks okay. Yeah. Um, I don't know whether now it's a reboot or a sequel or whatever because you've got people from the original one back in it. Right. I don't know what's going on with that one. Yeah, it's kind of like, hey, this may fly. We're going to get on board now. So, yeah. yeah. But that one, that one looks like it'll be good. I, I, I don't think I've seen a trailer for it. I think I've just seen pictures here and there. But I mean, you know, reading what I have, that one uh, holds interest. Have you seen the trailer for the Jungle Book? No, but I have been listening to some podcasts. This is a John Favreau. Yeah, one, yeah. Have you seen the trailer? Do you know some of the behind-the-scenes stuff on that? Because I was listening to it, and I'm like, apparently it makes the film even more impressive when you realize where they shot it. No way. Where did they shoot it? 
every single bit of that film was shot on a soundstage in Los Angeles. Wow. Everything. And apparently when you watch the film and see the visuals, you're like, what? Oh, it is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, when I first saw that they were, you know, like redoing or reimagining or whatever, you know, like bringing the Jungle Book to life or whatever Disney's saying, and I was skeptical as shit. And because, I mean, you know, the original Jungle Book, the one that came out, I don't know, 70s, 60s, whenever it was, um, you know, that was just like one chapter of the actual book. And it was fine. It was fun. Great songs and all that. But still, you know, sometimes I just get fed up with all the reimagining. And so when I saw that they were, you know, this is bringing it to this reality or whatever, and I was like, eh, and then John Favreau is director. I was like, fuck yeah, I'm on board, you know? And then I saw the trailer for it, and uh, and it really looks good. I mean, in top flight, uh, you know, uh, actors lending their voices to these different characters, and so should be interesting. Chris, Chris Walken as King Louie apparently is very impressive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but there's also another Jungle Book film coming out done by Andy Serkis, no. which will come out at some point, probably after the John Favreau oh. one. So it's the old, we're doing one, well, we'll do one too. I've never understood why they don't just go, fine, we'll, we'll scrap ours because we're going to get beat by yeah. that. We don't really need two Jungle Book films. Yeah. Did, did, did Ants not give a good example of... Uh, or Armageddon, Deep Impact, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a couple of Rob Roy films, I think, it came out. I think Rob Roy came out around the same time Braveheart did. Yeah. Um, a couple of Robin Hood films came out at the same time. It's like, oh, come on. Yeah. But Andy Never Circus, heard. man, he has really become the go-to guy because he was Snoke in yes. Star Wars. And it just seems like any time you need some CG character, uh, hey, let's get Andy Circus in. So, you know. Did you see what somebody done, weirdly enough, on Facebook, so it's obviously true, <laughs> is they'd taken a still image of Snoke. And they'd taken a still image from Return of the Jedi with uh, Sebastian Shaw with his Vader mask off. Yeah. And they'd sort of put them side by side. And Snook looks exactly like Vader, complete with the scar down the head. Wow. Interesting. You're like, hmm, maybe that's who Snook is. Maybe it is Vader. Because <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't really see a dead body. We just saw a burning suit. Right, right. So uh, we did see a force ghost. So I suppose that probably does mean he's dead. Oh, but, but did we really? Because then it was Hayden Christensen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, wasn't it? I think if you could put the Blu-rays on now, Lemmy from Motorhead, I think, is, is a force ghost. Right. Given the finger, I think. <laughs> probably. But yeah, let's also keep in mind that it's J.J. Abrams who doesn't mind pushing, you know, like he took Star Trek into an alternate universe. So, yeah. you know, maybe Star Wars is now going into an alternate universe. We never know, man. And maybe oh, teleportation doing? right around the corner. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> who is this doing the next episode eight? It's, what, is it Ryan, Ryan Johnson, isn't it, who did Looper? I don't he's doing, uh, Yeah, he's doing episode eight. I don't know. I'm still laughing yeah. about, let's get George Lucas back. You know, he may have ruined my childhood, but, but let's have him do eight. You know, it's Jeez. Yeah, because you could just imagine it's like George will go, okay, I'll come back to do this property that I sold, so I don't want it anymore. <laughs> and then six months after, you know, the film comes out, it was like, what the fuck are you doing back here? That sucks. Get lost. <laughs> just people are just never happy. I'm a firm believer, and if you think you can make a better film, do it yourself and make your own movie. Yeah. Pull so, out your yeah. iPhone or Google Droid or whatever and shoot it. And edit it and put it on YouTube. Do a better job. And that goes for Tarantino, exactly. too, man. I mean, you know, it doesn't have to have a big budget, you know. 
No. I'm sure he's too busy slagging off the police force, though, isn't he? I think Tarantino. Wasn't he having a pop at them at some point? <laughs> I, can't, I, don't, I don't know what the thing was, but, yeah, he wasn't a fan of the police for some reason. <laughs> That's right. I, I don't know. And then he was doing the uh, the very political apologetics where it's like, I didn't say I didn't like him. I just said I didn't like him. You know, yeah, and it's so, like, oh, glad that's cleared up. Then. Yeah, man. So you're, you're next and you probably spent government. three hours doing it as well. <laughs> probably. <laughs> well, if I had been the policeman, I would have done it like this. <laughs> the speech was the apology. Apparently, was littered with n words. Oh, I'm sure it would have been. It would have to been. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, my gosh, dude. Somebody was nope. making fun of him the way it's like, you know, in standalone interviews, he's white Tarantino. But then when he's hanging out with Sam Jackson or anybody else, he's black Tarantino, which, you know, I think uh, even Rod on the Black Guy Tips has made comments about that, you know. And it's just uh, – anyway, it's interesting. It's intriguing. So, yeah. For We're going to make a film about him called Straight Out of Quentin. Write the script. I'll shoot it on my iPhone, yep. man. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be Straight Out of Quentin. That will be the flagship movie for our new YouTube channel to uh, promote independent films. Yep. <laughs> I did actually watch Straight Out of Quentin. It's a really good film as well. Yeah. Even though it's got all the ingredients that I won't like it because I don't like rap music. Yeah. I don't, I mean, I'm not familiar with the album. Right. Never heard it. Yeah. You know, I know who Ice Cube is because he was the guy at a barber shop on Friday, <laughs> The Boys in the Hood. Um, but what a good film it is. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Well, that's so. cool, man. I'd heard great things about it. Didn't see it in the movie theater. I can't remember what was uh, in competition, but I remember coming out of my theater while people were coming out of that theater and everybody was, you know, very happy at what everybody saw. So, But the, uh, the Blu-ray's got an extended unrated cut, which I think is about 20 minutes longer. So it's one of these hefty director's cuts, not one of these 12 seconds of footage <laughs> or like Ridley Scott did with one of the movies. I can't remember which one, but it was like his version was actually shorter. You know? Yeah. I think it was Alien, if I remember correctly. Cause yeah, yeah, it is a couple of minutes shorter. Yeah. He's put extra bits in, but somehow the film shorter. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, like, he didn't like his ultra-long shots, which I'm a big fan of these long takes where it's like, let's just walk through this really elaborate set, this cockpit and whatever, because a lot of these digital sets, you can't do that shit anymore. Not unless you're uh, James Cameron and Avatar, and you have your special cameras wired up to, uh, you know, four points in the room, and you can actually look through the 3D geometry as you cascade through the set on with your camera. But... Um, yeah, you know, but it just I, I like it. In fact, that's one of the things. Have you ever watched Falling Skies? I can't remember what you said. I saw the pilot episode and enjoyed it. Ah, but yeah, I've never gone back and watched it. The series is cool and and this is and I don't know, I guess I need to go back and look at um oh, you know what's funny? I said the series is cool and that was enough to wake Siri up because I have the Hey Siri feature on my phone. So <laughs> uh, then suddenly yeah. everything I was saying was showing up on screen distracting the shit out of me. So um but you know, where the hell was I? Falling skies. The cool thing is, periodically, um, and I don't know if the if it's like a specific director doing this, but they have these long takes where there's a large group of people and the camera's walking through and will kind of catch up with one and they're, you know, well, yeah, I had ham sandwiches. Yeah, I sure would like to eat a skitter or whatever. You know what I mean? And then go on to the next one where this one jackass is, like, given his lines and then further down. But it's cool in these really, really long takes 
showing all this stuff, and it's so well-timed, and I know how difficult that is to get everybody coming and going at uh, the appropriate times. I think that's one of the things I – one of my favorite scenes from uh, Kill Bill 1 is going into the nightclub where it's one continuous take. And if you've ever seen the behind-the-scenes, you know, the, the camera guy actually gets into a, like a, um, a swing, and then he's on a jib. So he's on the seat. He's lifted up, showing all the stuff. Then he hops out, and he's on the second floor. And really cool, man. But I, I love those elaborate shots and evidently really felt like that dated alien and so he chopped it up and added some more footage and whatever of cocoon people so have you um watched rocky seven aka creed no we were the um, we were so oh, close sorry. to going to see that and then we were interrupted and uh, you know maybe maybe that would be a good movie for michelle and i to catch on sunday we're going to go do a little shopping have a little date day well, there's a, there's a couple of boxing matches in that, as you would expect, right? Because it's, it's not like Rocky Five <laughs> where there aren't any. Um, but I think it's it's one of the earlier fights that Creed has, yeah. and the entire first round of the boxing match is in one take, one shot. Yeah, it's really it's really good uh-huh. to look at. You're like, that's impressive. The whole round for like three minutes or whatever it is yeah. is one shot. That is that's very cool. clever. So that's pretty elaborate. Yeah. Now, are you into boxing at all, or? Um, I'm into the Rocky movies, and I'm into sort of <laughs> yeah. films like Southpaw right. and, to a lesser extent, Raging Bull, but right. real-life boxing, no, because I was always disappointed when I saw a real-life boxing match, because I'd grown up on the Rocky films, <laughs> where, like, their head would be hanging off or whatever, and the eyes would be hanging out of the socket, and they're still fighting, and then right. real-life boxing, oh, he's got a cut on his face, stop the match, right. you're like, what, what's all that about? <laughs> so, no. Either that or back during the Tyson days, where he'd plant that foot and knock the guy out first round, usually within 15 to 20 seconds of the match starting. And I would laugh because I knew how much those, uh, you know, seats right there at the ring cost, you know, Jack Nicholson, like he gives a shit. But I mean, you know, I'm just like, damn, man, paying 15 to 20 grand for 15 seconds worth of entertainment. But Tyson was a monster. And uh, back in, 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 back in the real days before he got into ear biting and all that kind of stuff. So, Where's Jack Nicholson gone? I don't know. You know, the other night I watched The Shining, and uh, which I hadn't seen in a long time. And I don't know. Maybe it was – I don't know why I keep having these fucking sleepless nights. It's like every five days. Because you're watching The Shining. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> so here I'm watching The Shining thinking, okay, I'm just going to start the movie, and then I'm so tired, right? But hell no. It's such a good movie, and I'm like, I'm just going to sit up and enjoy it. So anyway, but it was interesting. I'd never really – put the Joker uh, from the first Batman movie with Jack's character uh, in The Shining, I'd never really seen them as almost the same performance, just that maniacal kind of, um, you know, the laugh and the look and all that, you know, without the the intense smile, of course. But, yeah, man, but it it was very cool. But, yeah, I don't know what's happened to Jack Nicholson. He wasn't even at the Oscars. Hmm. Last year, because normally they cut to him and he's there with the sunglasses on, but he wasn't there. They didn't yep. cut to him. So yeah, I don't know. Have you um, have you checked out Room Two Three Seven, the documentary about The Shining? No. Oh, you need to check that. It's the most insane documentary yeah. ever. It's about how The Shining isn't about a guy in a hotel going nuts. It's about what's it about? It's about the genocide of the Native American Indians. <laughs> it's about the Holocaust. It's about how Stanley Kubrick faked the moon landings for NASA. <laughs> 
It's it's bonkers. <laughs> it's probably on Netflix or or Amazon or something. Right. Just check out Room Two Three Seven. It's nuts. <laughs> I'm, it's crazy. I will I will check that out. I may even like. There's some trailers that I want to see. Thanks to you and and what you were talking about this morning. So I will probably watch the trailers and then if I can find that documentary, I'll watch that with lunch. No, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's absolutely nuts. But it's really interesting. But yeah. You know, I still think The Shining's about a guy who goes crazy in a hotel. Yeah, yeah. Just me. Well, I, you know, pretty much that's the the story behind uh, Stephen King writing the the original novel was he was I think up in Colorado at some hotel and Jake added that he was drunk off his ass. I didn't read that part, but uh, plausible. But anyway, but it, it was like he and his wife and I think his kid was with him and they the they were the last guest at the hotel and they were going to spend one more night and it was just like everything was vacant and he thought what a cool concept so inspiration yeah but yeah room 237 will actually convince you or at least you make your second guess that it is about the genocide <laughs> of the Native American Indians moon landing right. the holocaust and stuff. you'll be like what maybe it is <laughs> it's, it's kind of weird dude they just don't make movies with that much I guess uh, ambiguity anymore, you know, because it's like the last one that I, I remember watching, and maybe I'm wrong, but I remember like The Matrix that had so many different interpretations for so many different people, and I thought that was really cool. I guess Inception is another one where you know, like whose dream is it, and what's the purpose, and who are they really trying to save, and all that stuff. Jake and I've had numerous conversations about that, and uh, but I mean, they just I don't know, man. I mean, and I'm I'm a big fan of like you know. Um, the movies that aren't necessarily deep. They're just fun. I mean, Expendables yeah. 1 and 3. Um, th- there's nothing hidden. There's nothing deep. It's just fun shit to watch, you know? Fast and the Furious. Oh, yeah. Put them on. Fine. Put them all on. I don't That's care. I love it. them. Yeah. Have, a, yep. uh, it's, have you seen the uh, the Honest trailer for, uh, for <laughs> Furious 7? You no, know? I've never actually seen an Honest trailer for anything. Oh, I've heard of them, but I've never seen dude, them. Dude, I will send you the link. It is hilarious. And I'll post it on Twitter as well for anyone else who hasn't seen it the other five times that I've posted it. But, dude, it is hilarious <laughs> because it's all spot on, but it doesn't hurt your enjoyment of the movie because you're winking and nodding at the same shit, you know? So... <laughs> <laughs> oh, nice. Well, uh, to, so, to end up my movie list, uh, here's two kids' movies that I'm actually more stoked about than Batman versus Superman. Um, Kung Fu Panda 3 looks like it'll be okay. fun. Yep. And Zootopia looks like it'll be Oh, Zootopia. I saw the trailer with Star Wars for the, the sloth sequence. <laughs> it's hilarious. Fun. So my only concern is that that's going to be the funniest scene in the whole film. Right. <laughs> Uh, but I've seen a couple of the other trailers, and you're like, yeah, it looks pretty good. But that sloth trailer was hysterical. Yeah, yeah. That was one of those things where uh, the next day, Kate, just out of the blue, starts moving really slow. And she's like, dirt. And she wouldn't let it go. She wanted to tell me this little story in sloth mode. And I was laughing, and I was like... Okay, Kate, speed up. Anyway, this is hilarious. And then she would do her whole facial expressions. I digress, but yeah. It's, <laughs> Zootopia looks like it'll be funny. <laughs> nice. But no, I'm sure there'll be a lot of other films that just pop up. Yeah. And we're like, oh, that's coming out. So it's quite nice not to be super hyped by a lot of stuff this year. Yeah. And, you know, maybe I'll try to do things. It's, uh, Ian um, said that it's like I showed him the Deadpool, the latest Deadpool trailer, the one that came out on Christmas Day. Excuse me, Christmas Day, and um, and he was like, 
that looks pretty good, but please don't show me any more trailers. I don't like to be spoiled. And I'm like, wow, man, I'd never thought about that unique concept in that to go see a movie without knowing anything about it, which I have done on occasion. Um, you know, it's like I think it was uh, Seven Psychopaths. Uh, Vanel and I just went on a tear. We just decided, you know what, we're out anyway. Let's go to the movies. What looks good? Hey, you know, this, you know, I think I saw part of a trailer. And um, so I knew nothing about the movie, and it really kicked ass. I really enjoyed it. So I did that with Star Wars. I knew virtually nothing. I'd seen the Chewy We're Home trailer. Right. Um, I'd seen the little 80 second trailer that was done like a year or so, right. which was pretty much just black screens anyway. Right. <laughs> and I avoided every web article, every magazine article, yeah. everything about it. So I knew nothing about the storyline. I knew who the cast were because right. it had been announced, but I, and I went in pretty much cold. Yeah. Loved it. Great. That is awesome, man. Well, you know, it's yep. it's funny. The some of the stills that people were posting, I guess, from the set or whatever. And there was that one that was like a blue C three PO with a giraffe neck. And I saw that, and I'm like, holy fuck, man! It it looks so comical. I don't. I was apprehensive about going to see the movie. So I admire the fact that you could avoid all that stuff and go in and just have just normal expectations or whatever, because I was thinking, man, if all the robots look as stupid as that, you know, so then now I went down that dark, dark path down that rabbit hole thinking, oh, no, I, I don't want to be disappointed by this movie. And then yes. turns out you barely see it. And then if you watch uh, episode three, that's more or less the, the top half of the droid that delivered Luke and Leah. So, you yeah. know, when Leah looked yes. at her mom and, and, you know, locked eyes so she could make that comment at the end of uh, episode six. I remember yes. my mother. <laughs> like, no, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. No, you don't. You probably remember your adopted mother, Jimmy Smith's uh, wife or whatever. Right. So, yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what she refers to on that one. But uh, yeah. yeah, it's not easy avoiding spoilers, but yeah. I'm glad I managed to do it. So. Yeah. Well, you know, it's Michelle and I usually do the ride home. And the gift was so good, we didn't want to give anything away. So we purposely didn't do that. Uh, you know, didn't do a, um, a podcast on that. And then same thing with Star Wars. I mean, it's really solid. We didn't want to give anything away. So we purposely didn't do a Star Wars episode. Yeah, I didn't. I think I actually recorded one with oh, really? Fraser, yeah. um, a filmmaker, yeah. and he'd watched it. He didn't like it. Yeah. I'd watched it. I did like it, but I just never released it because every podcast I listened to yeah. over those three weeks or whatever was just banging on about Star Wars. I thought, yeah. I don't want to be yet another one of them. And it was, so it was very I black and white. It. People either really liked it or they really hated it, and I, I didn't really get the, the hate. No, I didn't. Not when you look at the prequels. <laughs> they're, they're better than those, so that's a step up. Yeah, but definitely not bad enough to invite Lucas back. I'm just saying. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all. So what are you up to for the rest of your day, then? Um, I will record some Foley for the short film, uh, Thousand, Thousand Brains. Brains. Yep. And other than that, man... Um, trying to think um my car is in the shop so it's not like i can go anywhere um but i don't know probably i need to uh post the uh final waxing cinematic podcast for the week and um figure out what we're going to do on monday so yeah i guess it's mainly just house cleaning as they call it so same here. yeah yep. yeah same here and of course trailers and trying to find room 237 <laughs> Definitely, yeah. I, I look forward to hearing your comments, what you think about Rune 237. Yeah, man. I will probably watch it and um, 
you know, uh, comment on it on Monday. So will you be tuning in via um, stream with I, I'm going to definitely give it a go. Yep, now that I know where you are and how it works. Yeah. And in fact, it does work on my laptop and stuff. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah, man. So what can we do to be Annette uh, appropriate and friendly so you don't have to uh, turn it off? <laughs> no, it was more because she just sat uh, down and she was just, you know, when someone's in your house and you're like, I, I know, probably shouldn't I be staring at a TV. <laughs> I should be making you a cup of coffee or something like that. Right. So but if that was, let us know was. when Annette comes in, then we'll give her a shout out and maybe try to engage her in the show. But no, nah, I know what you mean because you need to honor your wife. And I do the same thing with Michelle. There's times where I'm trying to look after business on the laptop or on my phone and she comes over and sits down. And I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm going to put my phone down. I'm going to stop what I'm doing so I can focus on her. So. Definitely, but no, I shall 99% be there on Monday. Oh, really? <laughs> Good deal, man. Oh, yep. man. So, any plans for the weekend? Um, well, I've got a free sort of day tomorrow because Annette's babysitting her grandchild, yeah. so she'll be she'll be off doing that. Right. Um, I'm just going to catch up on movies, catch up on a bit of video gaming, yeah. and just generally... I've been fighting off a cold, so I'm just going to try and get rid of that. Yeah. Because I'm off to New York in three weeks for the first time. Never been to New York. So Wow. Man. Um I am taking a trip out to Jane Silent Bob's comic book oh, secret dude, stash that is shop. Awesome, so man. That's actually in New Jersey, isn't it? Yeah, it's in a place called Red Bank, yeah. which is in Jersey. So we're gonna take a trip out there and other than that just do a lot of touristy stuff in New York. Yeah. So we're gonna see like the Ghostbusters Firehouse and Right. And pretty much every film that's been shot in New York, I'm sure we'll recognize it. <laughs> that is awesome, man. Have you seen on Facebook where um, they had some sort of contest, design contest or whatever, but this one person took stills from movies, went to that location, and held up the picture, and then took a picture of his hand holding the the still no, from the movie, and it fits, man. It's pretty cool. So I, uh, a few years ago, took a net on a trip around to or down to London. Mm-hmm. And it was a, I had a PlayStation a PSP actually at the yeah. time, so definitely a few years ago right. before I got the Vita. And I'd put video clips on it, and I took around all these different locations that were in London. Yeah. So things from Train Spotting, things from the Da Vinci Code, from Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Right. I, I showed her the clip, and then as we were stood at the location, so I'm like, "There's a the clip from the film. Here we are." <laughs> so we did, I think, some like 17, 18 locations in a two-day period, yeah. just walking. So that was fun. Yeah, man. Well, I remember you sending me some, um, you know, a link to some pictures, or I can't mm. remember how I saw your pictures, but I did. So, and I'm not yeah. a stalker, so you must have sent me a link. So, no. <laughs> but that's, no, that's cool. Fine. That's you're going to shoot video when you go around, and then shoot video yeah. when you go into the Jay and Silent Bob store. And yeah, so I've been trying to get in touch with them, but obviously they've got a large Twitter following, so the, the odds of them seeing my tweet. But I'm going to go in there with a camera. I'm actually going to give them a present as well. I've got a signed. Escape from New York comic, which was signed by the author. So I'm going to take that and just wow, give them, man. just go, have it. Just do like a three or four minute clip on my video and somehow right. try and incorporate that into my uh, experience in Comic-Con documentary thing. Yeah, so, dude, that sounds yeah. great. Yeah, I wish it That's wasn't so far away. I would... Uh, try to like you know link up with you and Annette and you know like Michelle and I just take a road trip or whatever but I think that's about 10 hours north of us so wow. hard to make that then, a, a day trip <laughs> yes and I'm guessing San Diego's probably just as far in the other direction I think because that's where we are in July oh, really? so, yeah <laughs> you know if uh, you know <laughs> Flying out there is only about four and a half hours, so you know that. Wow. Yeah, and then uh, 
I don't know. I'm I'm long overdue uh, for a West Coast visit, and uh, so that would be kind of fun to go out there and travel around with Michelle. But we'll see. One of one day our paths will cross. Whether it's Dave, over on it, certainly will. Yeah, man. One continent or another. So yep, exactly. <laughs> so, but no, thank you very very much for uh, having a good old chat, job. Yeah, always man. A always, dude. It's uh, you know one of those things where. It really seems odd that you and I have never met because we. It, it's always fun hanging out, man. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, other than Fraser, um, who's the Cops and Monsters right. guy, I don't think I've met any of my co-hosts really? <laughs> over the years. Yeah, I've never met Anthony Alex, right. never met Harold. Right. You know, never met the two that I do the horror podcast with. We've been doing that for over two years, and one of them lives in the UK, right. one of them yeah. lives in Ireland. Never met them. Right. <laughs> so it's just it's the world we live in now, isn't it? Oh, it's it's cool to be able to connect so easily though and for you and yeah. i to have a conversation uh you know however many miles apart we are so lots of miles yeah man so. but a pleasure yeah. as always i hope you have a great weekend and i'll look forward to our next visit definitely take care john <laughs> bye, man bye thank you very much uh, bye bye <laughs> Five and he was six We rode on horses made of sticks He wore black and I wore white He would always win the fight Bang, bang, he shot me down Bang, bang, I hit the ground Bang, bang, that awful sound Bang, bang, my baby shot me down Seasons came and changed the time When I grew up I called him mine He would always laugh and say Remember when we used to play Bang, bang I shot you down Bang, bang You hit the ground Bang, bang That awful sound Bang, bang I used to shoot you down Music played and people sang Just for me the church bells rang Goodbye, he didn't take the time to lie. Bang, bang, he shot me down. Bang, bang, I hit the ground. Bang, bang, that awful sound. Bang, bang, my baby shot me down. A real sense of you were doing something wrong, but that did give it that that feeling of excitement. 
when the reveal of the film happens, that's when it just becomes absurd. And the atmosphere and just the sense you get whenever you go into it is undeniable. It, it did absolutely zero for me, which could be for the hype. What we just discussed there is just scratching the surface on it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted, and you're listening to From Page to Scream, the horror show. 